This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Time to get you dialed into the biggest stories of the day. This is the Daily 10 with Matt Chernoff. All right, everybody, here we go. It's once again time for the Thursday edition of the Daily 10. It's your friend Matt back again, and we're ready to take you on our 10-minute sports journey together today. We have a lot to cover. Here's what's coming up on our Rhodes Group rundown, brought to you by the Rhodes Group. You ask Matt, who are the Rhodes Group? Well, Clayton Rhodes and his great group are one of the best independent insurance agencies in the metro Atlanta area. And I stress independent insurance agency. As the old saying goes, time is money. And as insurance rates continue rising faster than ever, you need to get at least 10 insurance quotes to make sure you're getting the best policy. Otherwise, you're spending hours doing all that work yourself and you're going to make a mistake or two. Instead, get in touch with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group to shop for you. We're talking about peace of mind, which comes with comprehensive collision, uninsured motorist coverage, third-party liability, all the things that we really don't know about and we can end up costing ourselves in the long run. Get in touch with an independent insurance agency like the Rhodes Group to make sure your policy is done right. The Rhodes Group has set up a landing page for you, our Daily 10 listener, to get up to 10 home and car insurance quotes in just 10 minutes. Go to roads-group.com slash churnoff. You'll see my last name on the page. You'll know you're in the right place. roads-group.com slash churnoff or call 678-341-9667 to get those 10 quotes from the Rhodes Group. The Braves are showing us what really matters to them down the stretch And I know that rubs some people the wrong way, but I think they're making the right choice. We'll talk about what happened with the Braves yesterday in their series finale with the Phillies, look ahead to their final road trip of the year, and find out what happens down the stretch for the NLE's champions. Plus, I promise I'm not being defensive, but I am skeptical about one group of Falcons. We'll set up the Falcons and Lions week number three in Detroit coming up in a moment. Plus, Urban Meyer is once again going after Georgia for the same thing they still can't control. He sang this same tune last month, and he is doubling down. We'll talk about what Urban Meyer had to say about the dogs and look ahead to Georgia's matchup with UAB on Saturday night. First, though, I'll remind you we're brought to you by our partners at Old Fourth Distillery. Football season is here. It's the best time of year. September's awesome, right? Temps start cooling off. We got football tailgates every Saturday and Sunday. And your tailgate, if it's done right, includes bourbon. And that would mean Old Fourth and Old Fourth Distillery making sure your tailgate is squared away. Football, bourbon, tailgating, these are things that Old Fourth is known for. Old Fourth Distillery is ready to make your football season a memorable one. Old Fourth, again, will set your tailgate up, perfect on game day. And Old Fourth's products are bottled in bond, aged all in Atlanta and available statewide and online. We're talking Atlanta-made vodka. Atlanta made gin, and yes, Atlanta aged bourbon. Perfect for your football Saturday or Sunday or Monday or Hell Thursday. When you think football season, think Old Fourth Distillery. You can find Old Fourth brands available at most Atlanta retail locations, as well as retail stores around Georgia and online at O4D. 
Facebook.com. You can also follow them on their Instagram and Facebook pages. So the Braves lost 6-5 to to the Phillies last night in 10 innings. Bryce Elder got the start for the Braves, and he really struggled. He walked five in the game, which when Bryce is giving free passes away, we know his work gets even doubly more difficult because he's just not going to be able to wiggle off hooks with strikeouts because he's a pitch-to-contact guy. He lasted just three and two-thirds innings, gave up three hits, four runs, five walks, two home runs, both to Nick Castellanos. Do you guys want to hear the craziest splits on Bryce Elder? And I don't know what the reasoning for this is. This season, Bryce Elder is 9-0 and with a 282 ERA when starting at night. But when starting during the day, he's 3-4 and with a 507 ERA. I have no idea why. He might not know why. The Braves might not know why. It might mean nothing, but it also might be something to not completely ignore. So with Bryce knocked out early, the Braves had to go to the pen early. So enter Jesse Chavez, who has not pitched in a major league game since June 14th. But he picked up right where he left off. Jesse is an ageless wonder. His first appearance back, he went two and a third scoreless innings, gave up a hit, walked a batter, but he kept the Braves in the game. At that point, four to one, they were trailing by three runs. Brad Hand pitched a perfect inning with a strikeout. I think Brad is putting himself in a position where he's going to be the second lefty for the Braves out of the bullpen in the postseason. Not the most reliable name there, but without Dylan Lee, it's probably the best option for the Braves. Then Pierce Johnson pitched a perfect inning. He continues to just be awesome in his work since the deadline. And then Rysel Iglesias made his first appearance in eight days. I want to talk about that in a moment. Rysel pitched a very good ninth inning. He looked fresh. He looked rested. And when I tell you the Braves are making a choice, sure, they want to win games down the stretch. They're still trying to win things like home field in the NL and home field throughout the World Series. That matters to them. But I think they are prioritizing making sure their pitching staff and everyday players, if needed, are getting rest. And I know that rubs people the wrong way. But the Braves earned the position to take this choice and this path by winning their division as early as they did. Nobody else in baseball can rest their closer for eight days. The Braves just did that. Remember, Rysel pitched in three straight games against the Phillies when the Braves clinched the NL East in Philadelphia. Yesterday was the first time he had been in a game in eight days. That's the choice. They've made the choice to not overwork A.J. Minter. They've made the choice to rest some of their other guys. Now, A.J. pitched yesterday and struggled. Threw an inning, gave up a hit, and he walked four. One of them was intentional, and he ended up taking the loss. But again, the Braves rested Orlando Arcia to start the game yesterday. Played Nicky Lopez. Nicky's gotten a lot of time here lately. Because again, with this big lead, the Braves had an opportunity to play it ever they wanted when they clinched as early as they did. As far as the Braves' offense goes, they got in a 4 nothing hole, but scratch and clawed their way back into it. Single runs on a Matt Olson RBI single in the fourth. A single from Nicky Lopez that knocked in a run in the fifth that made it 4-2. to two. Then in the eighth inning, Austin Riley had a great at-bat, came up with an RBI single to draw the Braves within 4-3, and Marcelo Zuna hit an opposite field double high off the wall and right to tie the game in four as his wonderful stretch continues. So they were even going to the bottom of the ninth. The Braves put themselves in great position to win the game. Sean Murphy had a leadoff walk against Craig Kimbrell. They pinch-ran Luke Williams, who stole second, and then with the Phillies not paying attention, he stole third. So the Braves had one out and a runner at third, and Orlando Arcia flew out to foul territory in right field. Nick Castellanos, he catches the ball almost 360s, spins around, throws the ball to the plate, gets Luke Williams. Now, two things on the play. Williams did not get a great jump off third. He also slid feet first, meaning his elbows were up in his arms, and that's where the tag was applied. If he gets a better jump, maybe it's moot, but if he goes in head first, I think he'd slide under or around the tag, 
and the Braves walked that game off. It didn't happen. Give Castellanos credit. He made a good throw, got the tag down, and the Phillies sent the game to extra innings where they would win the game. So now the Braves head out for their final road trip of the season. They'll play four in Washington starting tonight at 7.05. Max Freed, who was pushed back a couple of days because he had a hot spot that they said was developing on his finger that could have turned into a blister, so they pushed him back to tonight against Jake Irvin. Tomorrow night, Charlie Morton and Trevor Williams. Saturday, Kyle Wright, Patrick Corbin. Circle the Kyle Wright start, not because I think he has a chance to still win a rotation spot in the postseason, but he could play a key role as a guy along with Jesse Chavez, and we'll see about Michael Tonkin, who could be some key middle relief options to bridge the gap to the high-leverage back-end guys in the postseason. And then Sunday, Spencer Strider will get the ball for the Braves. Now, before we talk about what's coming up on our menu with the Atlanta Falcons heading to Detroit, let me brag on the menu at First Watch. First Watch serves its entire menu seven days a week, from 7 a.m. until 2.30 p.m. This fall at First Watch, Hot Honey is the new pumpkin spice, In its newest seasonal menu, the leader in breakfast, brunch, and lunch is partnering with Mike's Hot Honey to bring sweet heat to a custom recipe. If you're a pumpkin spice lover, don't fret. The new menu also leads into the other cozy classics from pumpkin pancakes, cinnamon spice churros, and a wonderful pomegranate pear punch fresh juice available now through October 29th. You can stop by a First Watch restaurant near you in Metro Atlanta, including their newest in Loganville, now open on Atlanta Highway. It's complete with an outdoor patio, an indoor brunch bar, and you can always order online at firstwatch.com. The Falcons are in Detroit on Sunday, 1 o'clock at Ford Field. They're a three-and-a-half-point underdog in the game. Falcons are looking for their first 3-0 start since 2017 when, coincidentally, they won in Detroit in week three of that season to get off to the 3-0 start. Now, I promise when I talk about this subject, I'm not being defensive at all. I'm a little skeptical. So the Falcons' defensive numbers after two weeks are really impressive. The Falcons are the third-ranked total defense in the NFL. I don't know the last time I've seen a Falcon defense after a week or two or 14 that's ever been ranked third in the NFL. They're ranked second in pass defense. They're eighth in scoring defense. They're 22nd against the run, but it is worth noting they only allowed 84 yards in their last matchup on Sunday with Green Bay. So you have to ask the question, are those numbers real? Or does it have more to do with playing Carolina and Green Bay? Does it have more to do with playing a rookie who made his first start on the road in Bryce Young and then Jordan Love? I would say it has something to do with that. You can't ignore it. You're playing inexperienced quarterbacks, so it's a good thing that you didn't let them carve you up because if you're a Falcon fan, you've seen this act before. We've had young quarterbacks come in and all of a sudden figure things out and you shake your head wondering how the Falcons couldn't have more success against young and experienced quarterbacks. Now, the one part of the defense that has not gotten off to a really good start is the pass rush. Now, they've gotten good pass rush pressure, but they haven't gotten home with sacks. They have three sacks in two games. That number's going to have to improve, or at some point they're going to start giving up big chunk yards. And against Detroit, this will certainly be the best quarterback they've seen with Jared Goff, who is uh, who has a ton of weapons around him. The Falcons do catch a break. David Montgomery, the starting running back for Detroit, He's out of this game. On the defensive side of the ball, we talked about it, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. He's going to miss this game. So is one of their uh, big pass rushers who is also lost. So the Falcon defense through two weeks, it's been impressive. The upgrades they made in the offseason of free agency, some of the moves in the draft, they're starting to play a lot of guys in their defensive line rotation. Again, I'm not being defensive, I'm being skeptical. I want to see it against Jared Goff. I want to see it against a good offense 
to see if it's just good enough. Because I've said if they're just middle of the pack defensively, that should be good enough along with this offense to give the Falcons a chance to play in the postseason. We'll see what it looks like on Sunday. There is also a chance Jeff Okuda returns for the Falcons, which should be an upgrade over Trey Flowers at that uh, cornerback spot opposite of A.J. Terrell. Again, Falcons-Lions coming up Sunday from Ford Field in Detroit. Coming up in a moment, we'll talk about Urban Meyer, who is once again going after Georgia for the same thing he talked about just a month ago, and it's the same thing they can't control. We'll get to that in a moment. First, let me brag on the Daily Draft. Been a longtime partner with the Daily 10. The Daily Draft is my go-to sports bar in downtown Woodstock. And a heads up, I will be there tonight hosting trivia. We got a special edition of trivia with yours truly hosting. It's going to be Falcons trivia, Dirty Bird trivia, with a chance to win tickets to see the Dirty Birds against the Texans inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium on October 8th. I will be there from 7 to 9 tonight. So if you're in Woodstock, it's an easy spot for you in downtown Woodstock. But if you live in Milton or Roswell, Alpharetta, you're in Canton, Kennesaw, hop on over to the Daily Draft. We'll be watching Thursday Night Football. You can experience the self-serve taps. Enjoy a brand new menu. Check out the craft beer bar and the best big screen in the burbs. Plus great views of all the sports you want to watch in a two-level sports viewing mecca that is the Daily Draft. Follow them on their Facebook and Instagram channels. You can also check out their uh, website at thedailydraft.net. The Daily 10 is also brought to you by Tribute Wines. As the summer temps start to wind down and football season winds up, boy, it's pretty exhausting, right? That full day of sitting on the couch on Saturday or Sunday watching your favorite teams play, you need to wind down with a great glass of wine. That's why I would recommend the Tribute Wines and their Sauvignon Blanc, which gives you bold notes of citrus, grapefruit, pineapple. Doesn't that make your mouth water? Well, that's the Sauvignon Blanc from Tribute Wines. You can check out all of their offerings. The, the best thing about Tribute Wines, A, the taste is second to none, but the value is just as good. In a wine world where so many want to charge you 50 or $100 or $200 for a bottle of wine so you can brag to your friends about the hoity-toitiness, no, 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 Tribute Wines has changed the game. There's a reason why the Sauvignon Blanc was featured in Wine Enthusiast Top 100 Wines of 2022 and why it was ranked in the Top 25 of super premium Sauvignon Blanc sales. Tribute Wines, great taste, incredible value. You can check out the Sauvignon Blanc and all of the Tribute Wines available at most fine Atlanta retailers. The Tribute Wines, bold flavors, strong bonds. Georgia gets ready to host UAB Saturday night at 7.30 inside uh, Sanford Stadium. The Dogs are still a big old fat 41.5 point favorite as they step out of conference play and get a chance just to put up a big number to try to get themselves you know, going offensively, just do all the things you want to do to get yourself prepared for the rest of the SEC season. Now, something we've talked about here on the podcast and I brought up on the radio, and this was before the season, it was a warning. I said, be prepared. You are going to have people around the country going after Georgia for a lack of an impressive schedule. And I did this in the summer, and I did it at the beginning of the season, and I said, it's not their fault. They had Oklahoma on the schedule. The SEC told them, can't play the game, they're coming in the conference. So Georgia had to say goodbye to Oklahoma and put Ball State on the schedule. I've also mentioned it's not Georgia's fault that Auburn is not better, that Florida's not better. It's not Georgia's fault that Tennessee came in with a lot of hype and now they've got an L on their schedule. That's up to those teams to take care of their business. But that is not stopping former Florida coach Urban Meyer from going back to the same tired take he had a month ago. On Wednesday's episode of Urban's Take with Tim May, Urban Meyer discussed Georgia's schedule saying it's one of the teams that should be penalized 
for playing a schedule this soft. He said the same about Michigan. His quote, look at the team up in Ann Arbor. You shouldn't be allowed to play that schedule. Georgia is playing a schedule that at the end of the day you're supposed to be penalized for that, and they're not. Now, we also added for further context, he was referencing the Ohio State-Notre Dame game this weekend. Coincidentally, two teams that he coached for in the past, Meyer said it's a shame that the Buckeyes and Notre Dame are only meeting for the sixth time in their history. He said, why would you want to play this game? He said, you could lose it, and that's the danger, so they won't play more of it. It should be a, a reward for the fans to play games like this, so you should schedule better for the sake of college football. This is like the 15th time I would remind you that Urban Meyer's team's never played anybody at a conference. This is a guy, again, who has no ability to look back at his own track record. Go look at who they never played at a conference at Florida or at Ohio State or anywhere he's been. They would schedule cupcakes, patsies, so he could up his out-of-conference schedule. I would argue Urban Meyer is the most successful coach who has the worst out-of-conference track record maybe in the last 25 or 30 years in college football. So for Urban to be criticizing teams for not playing games and then saying that Notre Dame and Ohio State should play as a reward to the fans, I agree I'd love to have better games, but Urban Meyer is not the one I want evaluating this because, again, he has no ability to look back and see what he didn't do as a head coach. I'm always one pushing for better schedules in college football. College football schedules lie to you more than anything else because teams can fluff up their records. There is no doubt. But in this case, I'm sorry. Georgia is not to blame for the fact that these SEC East opponents are not better and they're not to blame because Oklahoma was taking off their schedule. You always have to have context for this stuff. And for Urban, I guess context doesn't matter. What does matter is you subscribing to the podcast for me. We're available on all your podcast platforms. If you're a first-timer, thank you. If you're finding us for the first couple of times but you want to subscribe to make sure you get the pod every day at 10 o'clock, go ahead and follow or uh, subscribe right now. I'll talk to you folks on the radio in Atlanta this afternoon at 2 o'clock on 680 The Fan. We're back here Monday. Or excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm already ready for the weekend. We're back here tomorrow for the next edition of The Daily Ten. Subscribe to The Daily Ten now and get the latest breaking news and biggest stories of the day every morning. Get more at 680thefan.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google, or wherever you get your favorite shows. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon Background Screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com.